I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Oh. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> what you got for us, Allie? Okay. So here we go. Um, this story, just like in advance, like when I was doing my research, it kind of felt like things were all over the place. And as I read more about it, it was because like the case itself was pretty much like all over the place. So there was a lot of like aligning information and figuring out what happened when. So if I get things out of order, I'm sorry. I did the best I could. All we can ask for. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, like, it was a big case at the time, but I think because at the time it happened, the internet wasn't a thing. It there was less readily available information gotcha. recorded. So, mm-hmm. okay. So I think you guys have definitely heard of this one because I've heard this one a bunch of times and it's one that sticks with me because for me anyway, it's very like relatable. Um, I think it is relatable to you guys too. I think we talked about this before. Um, but it also like reminds me of a lot of my friends and like my childhood and growing up. So I'm going to tell you about the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. Ooh, I don't know anything about Wait, this one. Did, no? Did, no. did this, did you get this idea because Kristen Chenoweth came out saying that she was supposed to go on that camping trip, but then like couldn't? No, I did not. But I had like my list, like, you know, I have the whole list of things yeah. that I just like type in I'm like, oh, I could do this one. And when I started doing my research was the same day that article came out was that crazy go yeah is this have to do is there a tent yes okay I do know this one just kidding I redact my incorrect (laughs) statement redacted but this is a really messed up one yes so summer camp girl scouts boy scouts that was a big thing around me growing up was it a big thing for you guys growing up or not really uh, well, I was in daisies and then I quit but I as Rebecca and I have we, found out we went I, just, to I have in here I was like camp. you both did bible camp right yeah I'm making that up I literally <laughs> wrote that in this I, yeah. not only did I go to quote-unquote bible camp but I also worked at the bible camp I also afterwards. worked at a bible camp as well <laughs> oh man the trauma the trauma yeah. I was also a girl scout but I quit because the girls were bitchy Mm, I feel you. Oh, you okay, Sarah? I thought she was peeing, but she was just picking up a toy. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, well, I I do like Girl Scouts was big around me. Like I was a I was a brownie. Uh, was it it was daisies, brownies, and then Girl Scouts. Scout. Yep. I was all three. <laughs> wow. So this one definitely hits close to home. <laughs> we did do a sleepaway camp at uh Camp Sacagawea. Oh yeah. And I remember being so creeped out. Like I I have a very vivid memory of like did you go inside? There was like a building there and then there was like a loft. Did you I never went to camp Sacagawea? I just drive past it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like just like a building with like no furniture and like a loft type thing. And all those girls were like huddled in a corner in this loft on the second floor, like like literally scrunched together because we were all scared about being there <laughs> it's now used for larping on the weekends is it maybe mm-hmm. we should go back <laughs> was sure. there like a renaissance fair like event yeah there too? yeah 
Yeah. I'll have to show you guys some pics of me and my little brownie uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I know it was like a much bigger thing back in the day, you know, like we didn't have as much to do. Maybe people didn't have as much to do during the summer and like parents wanted to send their kids away for a little bit while they were busy at work. They couldn't get a sitter or stuff like that. But there's a lot more going on now where like kids can be preoccupied, I guess. And I feel like back then it wasn't as controversial. Yeah. Like this summer rules, camp I want to talk uh, about was like two weeks. Like yeah. I, I never left my parents for two weeks when I was that young. <laughs> yeah. Like the camp that um, Rebecca and I went to, I just went to the day camp and I, my, but my mom grew up in New York and she was like ships there. And then yeah. she went, I did like sleep summer. away. I did a sleepaway camp there like for a week, even though yeah. I literally lived like a mile down the road from the camp. <laughs> But yeah, mostly day camp, but it was crazy. Like they ship people from New York to these like rural camps yeah. just for the summer. Like, goodbye. Yeah, I wonder if they still really, I wonder if those are still really popular. I feel like they're probably not. I don't think so. I wouldn't They're like so. bougie probably yeah. if it is yeah. a sleepaway camp. All right. So let's turn back the clock and take a visit to a summer camp in 1977. It's not going to be a pleasant time traveling experience, but we're doing it. <laughs> thank you for the warning thank you for the warning <laughs> and we're also in oklahoma right got a little we are out. in oklahoma we're going to a whole different place today okay. i couldn't tell you where oklahoma is on a map though is it the one that looks it's it a weird shape there's like a skinny part it's like a frying pan right that's oklahoma yeah i think it's that one right oh yeah no i think you're right i went to oklahoma once and um, really? we took a tiny plane when my brother was graduating basic training and we took this tiny little plane when we got out off the plane we were outside it was like oh. <laughs> there was no like connector to the airport it was like our bags were like on like, like you're on a, a tropical platform. vacation <laughs> it's like, yeah, I was like, okay. it's like have you ever seen this is totally off topic the hannah montana movie yes, yes. she's like Woo! and there she's on a plane in the middle of nowhere yes mm-hmm. oh my gosh i love hannah montana okay so the year is 1977 in Mays County, Oklahoma, population of just 30,000, and it was filled with vast forest lands, which made it the perfect place to run a summer camp. Camp Scott had been owned and operated by the Girl Scouts since 1928, which was 50 miles from Tulsa's Girl Scout headquarters. On June 12, 1977, counselors went to the Girl Scout headquarters to meet their campers. After meeting up at headquarters, 130 children, along with their counselors, headed on the hour-long drive to camp. Once they arrived, campers poured out of the buses and into their tents. So around 7 p.m. that night, a thunderstorm hit the area. First night of camp. (laughs) Starting off strong. Starting off great. Um, the girls all stayed huddled in their tents in tent eight. And there was one website I saw that was calling it tent seven, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. In one of the tents. Yeah. In one of these tents, I think it's, it's the last tent in that. I'm that pretty sure it was a, it, I'm yeah. like, I'm convinced it's eight, but I did see somewhere else it was yeah. seven too. So I'll just mm. mention it. Gotcha. <laughs> um, it was the farthest from the counselor's tent. So Lori Farmer, Denise Milner, and Michelle Goose all decided to write letters home while they waited out the storm. Their fourth roommate was set to arrive in the morning due to a scheduling error. Lori was the youngest Girl Scout at Camp Scott. 
she was between camps at one point before her mother eventually decided on Camp Scott for her. Um, and this, is, this was also Michelle Goose's second year at Camp Scott. And she was excited to get back. Before leaving, her father remembers her running to sit in his lap and told him that she would miss him. Aww. Lori and Michelle both wrote similar letters saying that there was a storm, there was hardly anything to do, and telling them who their tent mates were. However, Denise's letter was a bit different. While she did mention the storm and her new friends, Denise also wrote that she didn't like camp and wanted to come home, although the camp was supposed to last, I think it was two weeks. Yeah, I think it was two or three weeks. And this was night one. <laughs> yeah, I feel that girl. Um, I like to be home as well. Yeah. At first she was excited to go and she had sold enough Girl Scout cookies to be able to attend. Oh, wait, so they had to get in on merit by selling Girl Scout cookies? I don't know. Or if like that was just like she, she they were able to pay for the camp because she sold oh so many God. Girl Scout so cookies. Sad. And I'm sure they were only like a dollar a box back then, too. That's yeah. true. I didn't even think about that. Inflation. <laughs> um, but as the date got closer, she began to get more anxious about leaving her mother and her five-year-old sister. Her mother ended up convincing her to go. Even though the three girls hit it off right away, one count counselor would later say that they were three of the quietest kids at camp. After finishing up their letters, the girls turned in for the night. So at around 6 a.m. the following morning, a camp counselor was on her way to shower when she found a sleeping bag lying in the forest. When she looked inside, she found the body of a little girl. Eventually, the camp counselor found two more sleeping bags with two additional bodies in the woods nearby. Two of the girls were zipped up in the sleeping bags while one sleeping bag was open and that body had not been fully pushed into the bag. By 7.30 a.m., local law enforcement officials were on the scene. The victims were, in fact, all the campers in tent eight. Lori Farmer, who was eight, Doris Milner, who was 10, and Michelle Goose, who was nine, had all been sexually assaulted and killed. Oh, my God. All three of them were badly beaten. Lori and Michelle appeared to have been bludgeoned to death while Denise was strangled. Mm. This next part is a little rough to think about. So if you want to skip ahead 10 seconds, now would be the time to do so. Thank you for the warning. Um, most of the articles did report that two of the girls had been raped and the third was sodomized no yeah oh my goodness those little girls that is so bad yeah and then like you think about their like their families especially the two girls who like weren't sure if they even wanted to go and like how they must feel after convincing them to go because like it's not their fault but it would certainly feel like yeah or like the mom who was like i'll pick this camp for my daughter yeah exactly Exactly. Like it's or, the Girl Scout camp. It's like the last thing you think yeah. about. Yeah, the last thing you expect. And like, even imagine like being that fourth girl, like finding out later that like you that's were the tent that you there. Yeah. Yeah. God, how do you live with that? Even as a I kid, could not. no, that's so terrifying. Um, the news of the murders spread fast, and camp officials rushed to figure out their next steps without alerting the young campers to what was going on. At around 10 a.m. without any explanation, Camp Scott was evacuated. 
the slain girl's fellow campers were loaded onto charter buses and sent home to their families. Camp Scott closed that day, June 13th, 1977, and never reopened after nearly 50 years of hosting Girl Scouts. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So as the camp was cleared, law enforcement began their investigation. Mays County Sheriff Glenn Pete Weaver was assigned to the case, along with District Attorney Sid Wise. The bodies of the little girls were found about 150 yards from their tent on the side of a trail along with their sleeping bags. The trail ran alongside this particular unit of, of Camp Scott, which was set up as like a semicircle. The counselor's tent was the closest to the trail and then the campers' tents were like spread out in a semicircle shape away from that one. Mm-hmm. So they could pretty much like see everybody. However, um, the victim's tent was over 80 yards away from the camp counselor's tent and the view was obstructed by showers so they really didn't get it why are they so far apart are they like huge tents (laughs) like there were because they're not actual tents like we I can show you guys pictures I can share my screen after this but like they were like wooden like they built like wooden floors like it was like a deck and then they had giant tents over the deck that they slept in so it was like tent like fancier tents yeah that makes a little more sense because I'm thinking I'm like if they just have a whole bunch of tents just like lined up there why is it so far away oh yeah no they were pretty big because they were made to fit I think four girls per uh cabin and then they didn't have sleeping bags they had like cots and stuff like that so they had a lot of room gotcha um so the trail also led to the back gate of camp even though both the main entrance gate and this back gate were locked they were obviously not the most challenging obstacles. The gates were locked at 11 p.m., but they were left unguarded throughout the night, and there was not a fence around the perimeter of camp. So basically, anyone could just, like, come and go as they please. So I don't know why they had gates in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's like the probably, like, the road gate is closed, but you can probably just, like, walk yeah. around it, right? Yeah, like, probably just, it's probably, like, a wooden fence. You just, like, hop right over. But, yeah. like, if no one's guarding them, like, how... Or like coming through the woods, like the, yeah, yeah, terrible. it wasn't very uh, well protected, I guess. Um, there was some evidence left at the scene as well. Duct tape had been used on the girls, and a roll was found near their bodies. They saw a print located on the duct tape, but officials were never able to identify it. They also found rope, a pair of women's eyeglasses, and the case, and a red flashlight. The women's glasses and case that were found did belong to campers and one counselor. The flashlight had duct tape over the lens to dull the light. When it was turned on, you could only see one small beam of light escaping. And there was also a newspaper jammed into like inside the flashlight to keep the batteries from rattling around. Oh my God. How like grossly meticulous yeah terrifying yeah like they thought that in detail about it like I don't even want to hear someone like have someone hear the batteries coming like yeah I have like chills thinking Mm -hmm. about that yeah oh my goodness gracious so this next part is gonna sound so specific but it does get brought up later on in the story the newspaper found was from April 17th 1977 and it was an edition of the Tulsa World, pages 5 to 13, section 3. Hmm. 
They also found beer bottles and a crowbar near the perimeter of camp as well. So, and like, that was like, that's like an interesting fact that they did find that. But at the same time, like, if this camp is huge, like that could have been from something else. Like it could have been totally unrelated. Teenagers screwing around drinking beer or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So the officers then made their way to the girls' tents. They noted blood on the tent flap and parts of the floor and mattresses. There was a shoe print found in blood on the floor, as well as some other footprints found outside of the tent. It appeared the attacker or attackers tried to wipe up the blood using towels and mattresses. It's just crazy to me because that means that like they were attacking the girls there in the tent and no one heard screaming or anything like well yeah i'll get to that in a second as well (laughs) um so parts of the tent itself were also broken and one place i didn't find any blood was on the cot to the right side of the tent which is like i'm curious as to why because they were saying there was like blood all over this tent but there's one cot that wasn't even touched so i don't know if that was just like were there four cots in there still away? I don't know. Girl? I was just going to say, so I don't know if they already had like four cots and like that was the cot that the one girl was, wasn't was like there empty. yet. So it wasn't yeah. touched. I don't know. Um, they believe that Lori and Michelle were most likely killed in the tent and Denise was carried or forced to walk to the location where the body was found. Mm. Where the bodies were found, you know, because I, I think they were all like right next to each other. Yeah. Um, and the next day, the wooden floor of the camp was airlifted to a crime lab. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> For the 70s, that's pretty good. Right? Yeah. So police interviews revealed an unsettling evening for the camp. The first night at camp was typically loud. There was a few instances of girls being up late giggling and being told to go to bed. I know I read somewhere that like some girls were like outside laughing by the bathroom and a counselor went out there and took them from the bathroom and brought them back to bed. So like people were like up all night. Mm-hmm. Um, however, there was also some eerie instances throughout the evening. One counselor stated that she heard a low moaning sound coming from the woods behind tents one and two. She walked over and shown her flashlight in that direction but when she did the noise stopped when she turned to head yeah yeah when she turned to head back to her tent it started again when she turned around a second time she began walking towards the noise and it stopped again no thanks no she eventually just chalked it up to being some sort of animal and went back to her tent but later that night, she said she could still hear the sound when she was trying to fall asleep. Yeah. I hate that so much. Yeah. Like, imagine how that poor camp counselor must have felt. Yeah, because what is she probably, like, 17, 18? Like, yeah, they're she... probably all young. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, like, all of them. Like, your first night on the job. Yeah. You wake up to this. And, like, and they're these... Girl Scouts, right? Yeah. Like, the model women of america (laughs) yeah Yeah. like there was no security or anything like that um so around the same time a camper in tent seven awoke to a light approaching her tent 
The tent opened and light flooded into her room and in the entryway stood a male figure. He disappeared just as quickly as he appeared. Yeah. I so he was like, not this up. one. What'd you say, Rebecca? Was he like, okay, not this one? I don't know. That's the thing. I was like, what was he? Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, what is he looking for? Like, is he looking yeah. for someone? Like, did one of the girls get away like, and then he, he caught her again or something? Like, why would he go risk, like, more people knowing he was there? Yeah, and getting closer to the camp counselors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, was that, like, before or after the attack? Yeah. Too? I'm assuming it was after because since they said this was around the same time as the counselor like hearing the moaning coming from over there Mm -hmm. so I'm assuming it was after but I guess it could have it could have been before no no um another that's so sad too another camper reported hearing a scream and another one said they heard someone crying for their mom no Uh, oh that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life (laughs) yeah that one I like it took a break after I wrote I was really sad um a nearby landowner said they heard quote quite a bit of traffic on the remote road near camp scott between 2 and 3 a.m which was around the same time all these campers and counselors were experiencing everything um and i also did read that because that guy um i don't know if it was him or if someone else later on but like one of them reported that and like saying that like their home was broken into and because his name was in the paper, like people just thought that he had something to do with it. So like his house was getting vandalized and stuff when in reality he was just like, oh, technically a witness. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in the days after the murder, the investigation spread out across the vast forest area. One spot authorities were taken to was recent was this was a recently burglarized ranch where the owner said food, tape, beer, and rope had been stolen, and the rope taken from his ranch was similar to the same rope they found on the bodies of the girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Unless he did it, then fuck that guy. But you know, um, spoiler: he did not. <laughs> Good. Then I mean, as far as we know, that guy. Then bad to be as far as guy. we know, he did not. Um, authorities also explored some caves near the camp as well. Upon the searching of these caves, investigators found groceries, newspapers from the same edition of that newspaper they found in the flashlight. Was it missing the pages? Five through 13? Yeah, it was, it was, those were the pages that were missing. Ooh, <sighs> baby! Um, two photographs that featured three different women and duct tape that would later match the kind found on the girls' bodies. Oh, God. What a sick, sick and Where was guy. that, you said? It was, like, in a, ca- a nearby cave because it was just, like, woods everywhere. If okay. it get creepier, let's add a cave. Yeah. This oh, it guy, gets creepier in the cave. <laughs> he clearly knew, like, this area so well if he knew mm-hmm. where to, like, stash it in a cave. Right, yeah. that, like, a bear wasn't sleeping <laughs> Oh my god. And it could have been. It's Oklahoma. He had checked that there were no bears beforehand. Uh, um, Police obviously believe this was the hideout for the perpetrator or perpetrators. Further evidence confirmed what authorities thought when on a cave wall they read a note that read the killer was here. Bye bye fools. (gasps) I hate when people like taunt the police like that. (laughs) Only I yes. can do it. 
I know, let me rephrase it. I hate when killers <laughs> yes. taunt police. Yeah, spe- and specifically like child killers. Yeah. Come on, it's nothing to be proud of, bro. Yeah. Okay. God, that's <laughs> bye bye fools. What do you think you are? Yeah. Um, so a little over a month after the murders, um, this was something I just kind of like just today when I read over everything to make sure it was okay. I just read, I found this, but like a little over a month after the murders, a private security team saw what they thought was a person in the woods. So after they investigated that and coming back empty handed, like they didn't see anybody, they found a pair of Denise Milner's shoes and like her, yeah, it was her shoes, socks, and they were wet in a bag on the steps of the camp director's house stop it what yes isn't that so creepy so, like someone returned them to that is- to the camp director's house yeah isn't that so scary <laughs> and like maybe the camp director wasn't even there because they like evacuated everything but like yeah that i don't like that at all there's a lot of like, i just like don't things. mess with people <laughs> i don't like that no like this whole story has like everything creepy like dark woods at night creepy guy in the woods little kids, little kids yeah. getting hurt a cave yeah. a cave girl scouts bears. <laughs> girl scouts. they're terrifying those girl scout cookie prices they're are aggressive prices are they're terrifying <laughs> um so sheriff weaver soon had some working theories in mind including a suspect Jean Leroy Hart had been at large since 1973 after escaping Mays County Jail. He was a member of the Cherokee Nation and was raised about a mile from Camp Scott. So, like, he would have all of that knowledge of the area. Yeah. He was convicted of kidnapping, raping, and sodomizing two pregnant women. Oh, lovely. mm -hmm. Both women wore eyeglasses, and yes, they both survived their attack. Good. However, he was released on parole. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah love that. Um, just a few months later, not wow. even like years later, a few months. Wow. Yeah. Um, at this point, he began his career as a burglar. His crime spree was kind of unclear because there were a few robberies that weren't reported to police at the time. But it wasn't until his fourth burglary that he was caught and charged with four counts of burglary. Yeah. Because he was out on parole, in addition to these charges, he faced up to 350 years in prison. I'm sorry. He gets out on parole for the terrible attacks on the pregnant woman, but you steal some things from some people's houses and you eat 350 years. Yeah, I just love the American justice system. I'm hoping it's different in Oklahoma now, but I feel like this is the this is like it is definitely this is the definition of like yes sentencing in the 70s. I also don't have hope for Oklahoma that they have changed these laws because (laughs) we are going back in time currently for Oklahoma laws. True, you're you are right. Um, it gets it just gets even better too. You're gonna laugh in a second. Okay. Um, after being brought to court for a hearing, Hart escaped, but was quickly caught by police. Authorities took him back to jail where he escaped a second time. <laughs> what do you say? Hey, look over there. Like, oh, <laughs> like Jada. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> like once like wow he got lucky twice there's issues here I don't yeah. know I don't know okay so throughout the search for heart authorities kept contradicting each other in one instance sheriff Weaver announced that the murder weapon had been found but later when other officers and FBI agents were asked by the press about it they said they had no idea what Weaver was talking about Cool. cool, cool, cool. So good. When the bodies were found, authorities said they had, quote, a picture-perfect fingerprint on one of the bodies. But the medical examiner announced that there's not fingerprints found on the bodies, and he did not elaborate any further beyond that. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, at one point, the examiner also said that the girls were not raped, but later an autopsy showed that they were. <laughs> I... Um, and although the sheriff was convinced that Hart was the culprit, the DA said that there were several suspects in the case. So, yeah, from what I've read, like, the whole case was super messy and obviously very disheartening for the girls, like, oh my goodness. And you gotta think, too, like, a town, like, I'm sure a town like this, like, never dealt with anything as terrible no no. even in a big town like that's that's fucking awful so like and i'm sure a lot of the newspapers couldn't print like what actually happened yeah so well that was the thing too like there is like a website i can give you guys if you want to like look through like one of um, the resources i use they had a lot of pictures and newspaper clippings that were really interesting to see but like at one point I meant to write this in here. I don't, I guess I didn't, but at one point they did like a media blackout because it was that bad. So much misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I think, I don't know if it was the DA or the sheriff, but one of them was like, it's like, sounds like we're fighting within. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have our shit together. Let's not really. Yeah. So they did a whole media blackout at one point because that's how bad it was. Um. Three dogs nicknamed the Wonder Dogs. No, I love that. It's like us, but dogs. (laughs) We're not that far off. Um, They were brought in to help with the search as well. Although rumor had it, a local medicine man cursed them to die. What? I'm telling you, this story is just cursed the Wonder Dogs. It has everything. It has everything in a spooky story. Is there a wizard also somewhere? In yes, a Dumbledore comes out of the woods Sunday. and solves the case. <laughs> well, I mean, Medicine Man. I feel like he can, like double as a forest wizard, a little nymph. <laughs> like, what is happening? Oh God, I hate this. Um. So that though it very well could be coincidence, the prediction did partially come true. One dog died it, from no. exhaustion, and another one was hit by a car. What? Only one of the three dogs survived the case. I don't go to Oklahoma. <laughs> the wonder dog. The wonder dog. Did anyone ask why that this man cursed him to die? Him I to- well, he like the medicine man was. Um, I guess like the, uh, they said he was a Cherokee of Cherokee Nation as well. And they were all searching for Hart, who was of Cherokee Nation. Gotcha. And I know that there were some people when I looked that were saying they thought uh, he was being targeted. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And maybe he didn't actually commit 
these crimes. And so that, he like, put a curse on just, the Wonder Dogs? Yeah. Well, that was just like a rumor, you know, like I, it was like the locals, yeah. the white people. Yeah. <laughs> um, aye, aye, aye. So there was apparently like a lot of bizarre incidents that happened before, during, and after the murder, the murders that like a lot of the locals believe. I didn't get into any of that because I'm just, I'm not going to do it, but yeah. Um, I just found that to be really interesting. That was just like one of the small things. And I guess like if like people in that town probably have their own like beliefs of what really happened or if right. they really believe this this guy did it or if someone else did it because like it's kind of still up in the air. Yeah. The manhunt for Hart took 10 months, but with the help of 40 FBI agents and over a million dollars, Police tracked him down at a Cherokee cabin on April 6, 1978. It was the largest and longest manhunt in Oklahoma history. And I feel like million, I'm going to do my inflation Yeah, I was just going to say, do the inflation calculator. <laughs> I'm curious. Let's see. For tax dollars at work. If in 1977, you said? uh yes it was 77 to 78 i purchased an item for a million dollars it has four million seven hundred seventy thousand seven hundred and seventy five dollars and fifty eight cents with oh, a cumulative rate of inflation of 377.1 percent wow that in itself is a disgusting figure. Like the inflation yeah. is disgusting. And the fact that they spent that much money trying to find a single person yeah. is also disgusting. I mean, unless he did it, then go for it. Right. It's but... just disappointing that they had to spend that much. Like, find him. Yeah. Find him. Like, just... him. like he was just in a cabin. Could've... He wasn't even that far away. Yeah, he's just chilling. Reading the newspaper, drinking some beers. Okay, we looking for if the Wonder Dogs didn't die, they would have found him like right yeah, away. True. Mm-hmm. Um, they also like the the officials were like quickly put into controversy when they arrested Hart because they took a picture of themselves with him when they caught him. Like he was like a prize look what we found like yeah. literally like when you know those pictures you see of guys like catching a shark and they all pose yeah like this big ass shark that's how they pose with this guy what? oh i hate that and they po- that. put it in the newspaper and everyone was like oh, is that really appropriate no yeah. wonder why they had to have a media blackout because they yeah. all wanted to be media famous it was a mess it was a mess. Oh, i my- feel like uh, there should be police training where you, you have to say sorry you have to say appropriate or inappropriate before you do something yes yeah you can cut this out but like that would ever stop them no true True. very very true yeah um please 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 put that in i don't want people thinking i'm a nazi (laughs) (laughs) so while he had been hiding with his fellow cherokee nation members of the american indian movement argued that sheriff weaver had been trying to find a scapegoat to pin the murders on Regardless, Hart was transported to Oklahoma State Penitentiary and charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Did he ever confess? You said he didn't. Uh, he never 
like said a statement about it or anything not from what I read um he did admit that the glasses were his. like I read somewhere that he admitted where the gl- that the glasses were his that they found somewhere but like yeah and I they don't... just connected him to this case because of his past behaviors right like there was right no, and he like... was like a local escaped convict yeah but ever, all I mean, the evidence was circumstantial like there was mm-hmm. nothing connected yeah and that like i'm like, not upset this guy should be in prison yeah right. but it just thinks that if he didn't do it there's someone else yeah absolutely there. yeah um the trial began march 19th 1979 testimony revealed that hart had been a suspect really early on in the case um the trial also revealed previous threats against the camp such as slash tent flaps various burglaries and a note threatening incoming campers oh my god yeah uh, after one counselor's cabin had been ransacked the individual responsible left a note that read we are on a mission to kill three girls in tent one no yeah so do they mix up tent one with tent eight i have no idea I mean, no you idea. said that that was the last tent, right? There wasn't like one past them. So yeah, I guess they were depending the on which way you're coming from. Right. Like if they came from like the back and I'll have to look, cause I think there's like a map on the website I was talking about. If mm-hmm. they were like by the back entrance, that could have been the first one. one. Yeah. 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 Someone had also created an effigy of a man and they hung it. A what? A tree by its neck. Yeah. Effigy? an effigy what is an effigy i don't know i wouldn't i meant to google it actually i I was thinking like have you ever seen uh the blair witch project where they oh yeah make the little men out of sticks i was thinking something like that (laughs) a sculpture oh okay so a sculpture of a man who made made the sculpture (laughs) um they don't know they found it hanging in the woods by its neck oh lovely okay um Although this was the Blair Witch, lit- it was the Blair Witch. Oh my God! So now we have a witch. We have a witch in the store now. Too. It's getting spooky. Um, so although this was all clearly very disturbing, the note also contained a mention of Martians, aliens. So, here we go. I know. I know. <laughs> it has everything. Um, but that led camp administrators to dismiss everything as like stupid pranks. Yeah. You know. Which, like, I kind of, I could, I could understand <laughs> to an extent. I mean, if they were to continue getting, like, burglarized, then maybe yeah. have that checked out. But mm-hmm. um, a local waitress testified that she'd seen a nervous man with blood on his boots 15 miles from Camp Scott on the morning of the killings and identified him as William Stevens. He was a convicted rapist that another camper stated they saw on campgrounds before the events of July 13th, 1977. Where was uh, his million dollar manhunt? Truly. Uh, Stephen's friend. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen's friend. Is that a Midwestern accent? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) That's called a stroke. (laughs) Yeah, that was going to say, that was a stroke. (laughs) Stephen's friend, Dwayne Peters, not only claimed that he loaned him the flashlight, found at the scene but actually admitted to the killings to him in october of that same year and where is this man now i'll get to i'll get to it um so though a lot of medicine (laughs) yeah that's my flashlight that he shoved a newspaper in so the batteries wouldn't rattle yeah i watched him do it you know um i taught him so like 
this was a trial against Hart, so like obviously they couldn't do anything about that during that no. trial. But a lot of the information found in the trial certainly stunned people, especially something like that. But nothing would stun them more than the verdict. After a brief deliberation from the jury, Hart was acquitted of the murders of Lori Farmer, Denise Milner, and Michelle Goose. A few months later, after Hart was sent back to prison to serve out the rest of his sentence, I think it was like 300 years at that point. <laughs> for for um, burglary. Yeah, for, what was it, like burglary and like breaking his parole? Yeah, <laughs> not the um, rapes that he committed before that, but right. it's uh, fine. So he ended up dying at the age of 35 in prison only like a few weeks later. So like, how do you die? A heart attack, I think I read. At 35, damn. Yeah. So like, even if it, if it was him, like no one will ever know the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1989, DNA testing was conducted and it showed three or five probes match that heart's DNA. But statistically speaking, DNA from one in 7,700 Native Americans would also obtain these same results. Hmm. After the results of the trial, there were many lingering questions. Was Hart responsible at all? And if so, did he act alone? A private investigator submitted additional suspects he had to the grand jury, and none of them were Hart. Was that other dude... Uh, who the guy was like hey I gave him my flashlight was he Native American I don't know if he I don't think he was Native American okay I'm I could be totally wrong but his name was William Stevens yeah <laughs> well, I don't know heart doesn't sound know. very Native American I really don't know I didn't even look, I didn't even look him up honestly I should have yeah um but it's funny you bring him up because he was one of the three suspects that this private in- investigator submitted to the grand jury to review <gasps> huh so it was him, a man named Sonny James, and another man named Frank Justice. Interestingly enough, all three of these guys had run-ins with the law and had some sort of tie to heart. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need like an investigation board. Yes. Like the strings, like Charlie Day. From yeah. Gray, Sonny. We definitely do. And mm-hmm. I think... Um, I didn't, I didn't write this in here, but I did read that. I think Frank and Sonny were like uncle and nephew. Like they were related. Oh, yeah. And uh, they did end up ruling out William Stevens as a suspect as a result of the DNA testing. Because none of his DNA matched anything. I guess so. Yeah. Mm. In 2008, Authorities attempted to conduct further DNA testing on a semen stain found on a pillowcase. However, the results proved inconclusive because the samples were too deteriorated to obtain a DNA profile. However, in another article, I did read that that someone said that they found a partial female profile somewhere, Mm. Um, but it was never linked to any of the girls. So I just thought that was interesting, but it I mean, it's well. possible like if there's three girls and like two adults I don't know yeah that's what so I was gonna say I was like it could have very well been like from another girl a camp counselor could have just yeah, been that's in there true. That's so true. I don't know um in 2017 $30,000 in donations 
were raised by the sheriff to conduct new DNA testing using the latest DNA technology. And in 2022, authorities announced that the DNA evidence strongly suggested suggestion. <laughs> <You're all. laughs> um, strongly suggested heart's involvement. Oh no. Sheriff. Well, okay, keep going. Also, why did they have to raise thirty thousand dollars to get this retested? Like, just do it. Yeah. Sidebar, but okay. <laughs> no idea. Um, Sheriff Mike Reed stated the results had been known since 2019, but they didn't want to go public with them until they were asked to do so by the victim's families. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think like in what I read was that they are, the case I don't think is closed. I think it's technically still open. Yeah. Could be totally wrong, but, um, they consider heart still they consider being, it solved. Yeah, yeah. yeah like he they didn't die of a being. heart attack. He died. He died of guilt. Yeah, yeah. Karma. The medicine man found out the truth and was like, oh, mm-hmm. Dumbledore, a bottle of Dabber. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the witch also played a part in that. Yeah, Blair, Blair witch. witch visited him at jail. Oh, boy. Um. So the families of the girls attempted to sue magic empire scout council in 1985 but they didn't win and they didn't win the appeal later on i mean i can't put myself in their position but how is that the camp's fault like right you know you can't it's a camping trip what do you want like how was anyone supposed right. to yeah. there's nothing you could do i guess yeah hindsight put a couple fences up or Our have security, a camp counselor like, in each tent i guess but yeah, yeah that's well, no so i tough. guess i guess since like the trial was like a bust and yeah. they didn't have right. any answers they had to like blame somebody and do something yeah. and the bad. camp itself was like shut down that day like the yeah. day they found the body so um Richard Goose, uh, Michelle's father, went on to help state legislature pass the Oklahoma Victims Bill of Rights, which was created to protect the rights of victims to the same extent the rights of the accused are protected. He also helps create the Oklahoma Victims Compensation Board, which was created with the goal of his of this program to assist with the financial burden of violent crime victims. Lori's mother, Sherry Farmer, founded the Oklahoma chapter of Parents of Murdered Children, which is a support group. I hate that there has to be that no, support group. I know. It's really sad. And but, there's um, chapters. There's different chapters. Like, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 But um, that's... I wish I could end it on a more positive note. I mean, that's, that's the story of the Oklahoma Girl Scout murders. But... Yeah. At least uh, their families were able to do some good in the aftermath. Aftermath? The aftermath. I'm pretty sure that was a Midwestern accent. Yeah. The aftermath. <laughs> oh, man. That is a sad, sad story. It is so sad. And they're so cute. They were really adorable. Wait, I, I remember yeah. seeing pictures of them. It's so heartbreaking. This is them. Look how pretty <gasps> cute. Stop. They're so little. Lori was only eight. She was just a little baby. I mean, they're all babies, but she was the youngest one at the camp. Doris. Yeah, Doris was the one she didn't Doris. even want to go. Oh. 
Michelle. She's so cute. So look at Michelle. Look at Michelle. Oh. She looks like you know who she. That's how my like? mom would have dressed me. <laughs> she kind of looks like the uh, like Barb from Stranger Things. Yes. So cute. She was the one that was like super excited to go back and like love yeah. camp. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to see they have like pictures of her like this website's really interesting because they have so many images yeah so this is what the tent oh where'd it go oh I think this is just like a page. oh those are the sleeping bags this is the tent oh and they're like oh well I'm sure there's like flaps that come down but that yeah. is scary like imagine just being in like the woods in the middle of the night like someone said that you couldn't see any like your feet in front of you without a flashlight because it was so dark my god um i want to know what the moaning was look at hello classes (gasps) stop it they look like the glasses she was wearing that is terrible and then i'm like yeah here here they are in their sleeping bags you can like see her little foot stop yeah it's it's sad i hate this so much but I was gonna let me see heart. Oh, is that him with the police? I see it. Is that the, the striped shirt? Oh yeah, yeah, this is the picture. That's what I was gonna show you. Like, look at that. Are you fucking they're all smiling? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? They all look about what I imagined. Yeah, that could be taken today, honestly. I don't know what this is. I keep seeing this picture and I have no idea. Maybe those are the pictures they found in the cave. Yeah. Oh, here's the Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. But there's like a lot of, uh, what is this? Oh, it's like his stuff. But yeah, like this website's pretty cool. They have like a lot of information. They had a map. We should post um, the link to this yeah. on uh, Instagram. Yeah, I can do that. Here's the flashlight. Too. Oh, camp maps. It's on the, I see it. It's on the, oh. the menu at the fourth from the bottom. The Where? bottom. Oh, the bottom. Oh my yeah. God. Am I? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like, this is what I was looking at. So this is the counselor's tent. And then wow. it goes in like a semicircle. And then that's the so far away. And then this is the shower right in the middle. So like they can't even see the girl's tent. Why are they so spread out? And why the latrine? Is that a bathroom? Yeah. So that's they the had to walk all, all the way, back, the way there. back there. Yeah. And if the counselors had to go back there and get those girls at one point, they would have had to go around this and like be facing their tent. They couldn't go the other way? Or is that just woods? This is woods over here. So I feel like they wouldn't want to go through there. And where were the girls found like relative to this picture? Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, yeah. Dim light scene. Okay, so they noticed the tent was ripped right before the camp got there. So it looks like that's so the campers' bodies were found closer to the tent, to to the counselor's tent, not farther away. So it's like they wanted them to find them immediately. Right. Because that makes sense because the one counselor was saying like she heard the groaning. So it would have had to be closer for her to hear that because they said it was 80 80 yards away between like the eighth tent and the counselor tent. that is terrifying that is so creepy like it's like also just thinking being in like the woods in the middle of the night it's 
I'm scary. Yeah, camping is just not it. No. Oh yeah, here's the front gate. Here's the back gate. Quote unquote gate. Oh, yeah. and then look, this is Hart's mom's house. Wow. Yeah, so he definitely knew what he was doing over there. Oh, it's just so interesting. It. They have so much information on here. Scouted the cave. This is wow. so sad. I know. It's that's a, it's a really sad one. Well, thanks, Allie. You're welcome. So glad I could get your moods up, ready for your <laughs> evening. <laughs> oh, so um poor girlies well that was you did a really good job that was a hard one but um are you ready to go sorry we all talk at the same time (laughs) i'm not ready to go no i have no idea what i'm gonna do but i'll figure it out i picked picked one (gasps) i'm prepared (laughs) is it a murder no (gasps) is it a spooky it's spooky Mm-hmm. Does it have witches and uh the what was it? What did we say? Witches medicine, and medicine men, medicine men, and I, Martians. I and don't believe. <laughs> I don't think any of those things are involved. Oh, I need to do a lot more research into it, but I don't think so. Interesting. I smell dog farts, so I have to go before she poops in my apartment. <laughs> All right, Pepper. Sounds good. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, that was great. You're welcome. Goodbye. Resources for this episode include girlscoutmurders.com, ranker.com, coco.com, wikipedia.com, and all that's interesting.com. Desk chair.